This is the weekly wrap-up from Backyard Tech. From the desk at Old Mates. This is the Backyard Tech Podcast. Morning, everyone. The weekly wrap-up returns this week. Three stories that I want to put my opinion to. First off the bat, though, let's get into this Apple and the, uh, their releasing Mac with essentially their own CPU. Basically based off this year's iPhone 2020 A14 CPU. Let's rewind the clock. Apple for a long time relied on Motorola 68K. Then, in a joint venture with IBM and Motorola, we had PowerPC. Then, in the mid-2000s, they hopped into bed with Intel and, to some extent, AMD for their GPU. Now, or NVIDIA, depending on what, what the Mac was. couple of things of note here. We know that Apple, for a long time, one of their selling points has been seamless integration with software and hardware. The both mesh together, essentially, as Apple calls it, perfectly. But Apple's reputation on releasing new technology has done two things often. Number one, the price has gone north. And number two, there's been fraught with hardware software integration problems where Mac users are complaining that things just aren't working as usual. So the question is, is do we need so many different CPU architectures across the IT space? We have Oracle with a Fujitsu Spark base, so there's risk. We have ARM, which can either be RISC or CISC. We have x86-64 out of Intel and AMD, and now Apple with the A14. Qualcomm, Snapdragons. The, the, the problem is, is we're gonna have so many CPU, GPU architectures out in the marketplace. You're really gonna to have to think about what you're gonna use your unit for to work out the best unit to get your hands on. My worry is, is that the Mac, even though Apple is going back to that seamless integration and complete control over hardware and software, my worry is, is that one, the price is going to go up and two, there's going to be a lot less flexibility in various applications that can run. Now, Microsoft if Apple wants to stay in bed with Microsoft Office, they're going to have to write Office to suit the A14 chip. Now, they already do that, but on a much bigger scale. The hardcore Mac users are going to be over the moon about this because it means they are just dealing with Apple-based everything. As we say, they're the Mac users who've got the blinkers on that don't see any other type of hardware or OS in the space. They're Mac, that's it. They've just got the blinkers on. They don't accept anything else. They don't want to know about anything else. They only just, they're singly focused down the line. To use baseball terminology. Straight across the pad. Um, but the problem is, is that Yes, okay, Apple gets total control over everything. The biggest problem they got with Intel, as I said in that news story, was 
Apple would be ahead of where Intel is with the CPU security. So this gives Apple a head, a leg up in securing parts of their CPU. It gives them total control over hardware and software. But sometimes that does cause flexibility issues. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Undoubtedly, the price will go north. And that also causes trouble for Apple as well. We've seen many, many times in the past going right back that Apple have released a new Mac or whatever. The price has gone through the roof and people are sitting there going either they're not going to upgrade because of the cost or they're sitting there going, I'd like a Mac, but I'm not going to pay X thousand dollars when I may as well get a Windows machine at X, at lower X thousand dollars. And yes, I know it's Windows, but I'm going to save money. It's a balancing act. We know that. Um, Zoom bringing out version 5, finally. Probably fast-tracked ahead of time. Um, I have a lot of trouble with Zoom. I have been concerned for some time regarding their security flaws. There's been many instances where companies have found hackers from some Asian areas of the globe getting into things. There's been a couple of cases of lawyers getting clobbered. The fine line at the moment, especially in our current situation, is performance over security. And I'm sorry to say this, um, I'll forego performance over security. Um, Zoom's easy. It's very easy to set up. That's why people have become popular with it. But as we saw last week, or the week before last, sorry, Google banned its employees from using Zoom because of the security flaws. As mentioned in the article, people may get a little bit annoyed with Zoom now because as they've increased security and various other uh, areas of the platform, functionality and friendliness has gone through the floor. I think you've just got to cop it on the chin and take it. Right now, if you're doing any type of conferencing, security is a, is paramount right now. If you're If you're working for a company and you can't work at that company, for whatever reason, be it public or private, all right, ordinarily you could have a conference in the boardroom on a Monday morning with various levels that are required and you're all there and the information doesn't get ripped out. But with teleconferencing and, and the security flaws that Zoom had in it, it's fraught with danger. I suggested to a couple of uh, religious organizations to avoid Zoom for the time being, at least until the security flaws were sorted out. Um, one took it as good advice. The other one can't because of the basis that they're using. So one religious organization actually said, okay, will try FaceTime. This is based off 
what we saw a couple of weeks ago. The other one said they couldn't because of the structure that it had to be Zoom. I think, as I said, I think if Google's banning Zoom, you've got to admit that there is a problem. Now with version five out, eh, we'll wait and see, I guess. Western Digital, two to six terabyte NAS using SMR technology and people having trouble raiding them up again or replacing existing raids and are getting kicked out. Did Western Digital sneak this one in? Maybe. The problem I have as a hardware person is it does give an indication to me Western Digital didn't do enough testing. I've said this before that back in the days, ages ago, there was always this software and hardware war going on between software developers and the hardware techs. Now, one company I worked for often had that problem where one of our software guys would write a piece of software for something and it'd work fine on his computer, but when you go and put it on another computer, it falls apart. I am still researching SMR. It is not a recording platform I am familiar with. But based off that article, it's clear there's a problem. It was interesting to see that Western Digital said they didn't have a problem in their own in-house testing. And the reason they didn't have that problem was because it was in-house. You do get the feeling they didn't test it off their own equipment. Now, I've said this before. I, when it comes to HDDs, I'm a Western Digital man and somewhat Samsung, but primarily Western Digital. My run with WD, except green, has been far better in, in a SATA environment than my run with Seagate. Especially when you're talking the ES series drives. If you're talking Barracudas, I have no problem with Seagate Barracuda. But my default hard drive preference is for WD. However, I would not like to be in the situation of having SMR media and you're trying to rebuild an array after a dead system and it doesn't accept it. Now, Western Digital tried to dodge it and often you find most hardware manufacturers when a problem like this comes up, they'll try to dodge. The great corporate media uh, dodge is to spin corporatized jargon into words that don't really go anywhere and to try and reduce the public exposure of the problem. Um, I've always held WD reds as high as WD black, considering the reds at one stage were based on ar 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 archive drives some of the best drives you could buy. Makes you wonder now, doesn't it? The WD Red was supposed to be vibrationless, long, long, longevity in the hard drives. But if they've got a problem with their two to six terabyte, and it appears as though it's only the, the, between the two and the six tera, the 10, 14 and 20 tera aren't 
near it. But you'd hate to be, and it was a guy who was running a Synology system. You'd hate to be in, a, in, in an instant where you've lost a hard drive, you've grabbed a WD, you've gone to rebuild your, your RAID array, and it gets kicked out. Now, shingled magnetic recording is still something I am still attempting to get my head around. Um, I sort of get the basics of it, but I don't completely understand how the hard drive is mapped. Um, mainly because I've never had to deal with SMR hard drives. So I'm still reading the theory behind it, which is not, it's not hard to get, but it's a recording medium that I'm not familiar with. Now, I'm probably the only one in the world that's not familiar with SMR. Most of you guys probably are. But if you're not dealing with it, it's not something that you'd, you know, think about. Is WD's reputation buggered over this? I don't think so. Me personally, I'll still, if I've got to get another hard disk drive, I'll get another WD. Be it a blue or a black, I avoid green. Now, some people out there say they've had better luck with Samsung hard drives. Yes, my Samsung larger capacity hard drives have been very good hard drives, but I still go to WD. Most computers I've had have been WD, Western Digital, on a regular basis. It's because my personal run of luck with WD has been good. But this SMR, Shingled Magnetic Recording, especially on the red drives, it does make you think whether or not red was just the test bench and if they're going to end up moving it. I doubt that, though. So I don't think WD's done themselves any favours over this, but I also have a sneaking suspicion they didn't do any testing, any good enough testing anyway. There we are. Weekly wrap-up for this week here at Backyard Tech. This has been another presentation from Backyard Tech.